Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. All right. Merry Christmas. Good to be with uh, each of you this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Kevin. Molly and I are pastors here at Thrive. And um, if you are new here this morning, I just want to say we consider it a real honor that you would come and um, and spend your, your morning with us. And I hope that you'll feel really, really blessed and that you'll get to experience um, this this person, Jesus, that we love so much and, and the reason that we celebrate Christmas together. And so um, I want to begin by just sharing a couple of weeks ago, uh, Molly, my wife Molly, she had encouraged us, she says, many of you probably weren't here, but a few weeks ago, she'd encouraged us to start to be, to start to think about how we would be feeling um, after Christmas to sort of fast forward in our thinking. And it's like, okay, like, so two days after Christmas, after the gifts had been given and received, the wrapping papers in the recycle, the travel had ended, the leftovers were in the garbage to just kind of think about how would we be feeling once all of this is, is over. And I, I don't know about you guys, but it is not at all uncommon for me to have this kind of twinge of a little bit of Christmas regret at the end of the Christmas season. And the reason is, is because um, with all of the craziness of this time, the craziness of the Christmas season, I often discover at the end of all of it that I, I sort of just missed Jesus in it. And I, and I almost feel like, like uh, Christmas season is actually the worst time to celebrate Christmas because of all the, the crazy hubbub of what's happening around it, right? So we probably will, uh, for sure, we'll eat all the food, we'll have fun, we'll give and, and receive some great gifts. Um, we may end up receiving some gifts that aren't that great, that'll be actually really good for the white elephant, gift exchange next year, right? But when we get through all of it, sometimes it can just be easy to miss um, that connection with Jesus, that time of being with him, that time of experiencing him. And, you know, even if you're a person who is not sure about, um, about this, this Jesus thing, if you ever, I just wonder during the season, have you ever wondered if there could be more to, um, this thing that we celebrate in Christmas than just the stuff that sort of our culture and the retail giants sort of shove down our throats as they try to define Christmas by what we buy and by what we consume. And I wonder if you had ever thought, could there be something more meaningful and more transcendent about Christmas and about the season where we celebrate something, right? And uh, writer John Bloom said this, he, he, he said this, we need to be aware of how much we are influenced by the American cultural holiday that we call Christmas because it is almost entirely a fantasy-fueled expectation factory. It's a hodgepodge collage of images and tales from Charles Dickens' England, Norman Rockwell's America, our own childhoods, and consumer marketing. And I, he ain't wrong, right? Um, and so in the midst of all of this, I just wonder if you would be blessed to discover that there might be something that is truly transcendent and truly meaningful in the midst of this holiday season that we've been celebrating. And so um, our sermon series is called Untangling Christmas, Untangling Christmas. And I actually really like that title because I don't know about you, but it, I feel like it could be really easy to get tangled up in this season. It could be really easy to get tangled up in the just the crazy 
crazy busyness of the season. It could be easy to get tangled up in distraction from what is most important to us to things that are maybe less important, like the parties and the cooking and the shopping and the wrapping and the cleaning and all of that stuff. It can be easy to get tangled up in our finances because so many of us seem uh, drawn and compelled to overspend in December. And then that that credit card bill comes crashing in in January. And we were like, what were we thinking? Right. Um, it could be easy to get tangled up emotionally because um, so many of us are, are in the midst of or have had uh, personal experiences that are really, really difficult and painful. And we feel the loss even more in this season. And it seems like a weird time to be feeling loss and pain when everyone around us seems to be celebrating. And so it's easy to, to get tangled up in that. And so this is a, a tricky time of year for, for many of us. And, um, and I think that Jesus has something to say to us in this. And I was actually taking a walk in my neighborhood the other uh, evening about, about a week ago. I like going on walks, especially at night because, um, because of all the Christmas lights that are in the, on the houses and our, our block. If you want to see some really, really good Christmas lights, you could come to our block because it's pretty good there. And actually there are some houses on in our block that they're actually having their lights put on professionally, right? Like this is, they're really upping the ante here. And I actually have a neighbor um, uh, just down the street from us who spent two full days from morning to night getting all of his Christmas lights up on the trees. And he, he actually had his 80-year-old father-in-law up on the tippy top of this ladder getting, he's like, I'm not going up there. You go up there, Grandpa. And so he's got this little old guy up there putting Christmas lights on these trees and as far as I know, you know, there were no injuries reported and the lights look uh, phenomenal. And so I really, really like those lights. And I actually try to keep our Christmas lights on right through February. And that uh, is not going to happen because if Molly had it her way, the lights would come down uh, December 27th. That's it. Done. And so I get to hang on and we usually take them down around January 15th or so. And for me, that's a victory. And for Molly, it's probably a little bit of a defeat, but she's patient with me on that thing, right? But anyway, I went walking along the uh, on my street, and I was looking at all the pretty lights, and it was quiet out there, and I came across a house, and at this house, uh, they had something in the front yard that surprised me, and it was a nativity scene with a spotlight on it, and I was kind of taken aback by it because I had actually almost forgotten that Jesus really is the reason for this season, and it just sort of surprised me. And I thought to myself, how nice it is that somebody put a spotlight on Jesus, especially given the fact that every other house on our block had Christmas lights up to celebrate the season, but none of them um, were really spotlighting the person of Jesus in the midst of all of this. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to invite each of you to fix your gaze on Jesus, to put your spotlight on the person of Jesus, to marvel at him, to dwell on him, to appreciate him, or maybe to simply explore him, to try to find out more about who he is. I love what um, the, the uh, scripture said, the gospels talk about how Mary, the mother of Jesus, as she watched all of the events of Jesus's uh, birth unfold, it says that she treasured up all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. And this morning, I would encourage you to maybe do that Mary thing and to just 
fix your gaze on Jesus for a little while this morning and to, to ponder these things that you're going to hear about. Um, and maybe we can, we can uh, take some time to pause and, and cast our gaze on him, even as the tempest is sort of swirling around us. And so um, I don't know what you know about Jesus. I don't know what you believe about him. I don't know what you feel about him. But no matter where you're at, it will be a good and fruitful thing to just think about him and to ponder him this morning. And you can even have big doubts about him, but this is a perfect time to look at the one who truly has changed the world. No question about that. And so there's this, there's this song that we sometimes sing here at Thrive. Um, and there's this like refrain and then there's this answer. And the, the refrain is, it asks this question, who is this king of glory? And then, and then the answer to it is the Lord strong and mighty. Who is this king of glory? Glory, the Lord strong and mighty. And so this morning we're going to be asking that question, who is this King of glory? And so wherever you're at in your connection with him, um, I invite you to, to, to look to Jesus this morning. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, and I want to invite you to, to think about three statements that um, we, you can almost think of it as like a creed, three my, like tiny little statements that we would say are our beliefs about who Jesus is and what the scripture says about Jesus. And so there are just three of them and they're short and I want to unpack these for you. And I hope that as I share these three statements that Jesus will come into focus for you, that you'll begin to like connect with him in a way that maybe you haven't before. And so here are our three statements. The first one is this, Jesus was given. Jesus was given to us. That's the first statement. The second statement is this, Jesus came. Jesus came. He came to the world. He came to earth. He came to Bethlehem and he will come into our lives if we let him. And finally, number three, Jesus became Jesus became. So let's jump into the first one. Jesus was given. And I don't know what your family and your friends are going to get you for Christmas this year, but the greatest gift that you could receive is the gift of Jesus himself, his birth, his life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, all of that is God the Father's particular gift to you and for you because Jesus offered us a whole new way of living. He said, I want to offer you an abundant life, a life like you've never experienced before and an eternal life. And I hope that, that um, we will all experience the gift of this person of Jesus that came as a gift to us, given to us by the father. But in addition to, uh, to just receiving this gift, I also hope that you will um, receive the gift of experiencing Jesus over the next week. As far as I can tell, we have seven days before Christmas morning, right? Is that right? Okay, good. Check my math always. But um, we have seven days, and over the next seven days, what are you going to do with that time? I hope that you will take time to experience Jesus, take time to, to know him, to love him, to, to find out more about who he is. So Jesus was given to you. And um, you guys probably all know, no matter what your background is, you probably have heard the most famous verse in the Bible. And it's John 3.16, right? And it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And I don't know about you. I don't know um, what you think about the, the gifts that you've been given in the past, but this is a good one. I, I can tell you that in my history of giving and receiving gifts, I have given some stinkers and I have received some stinkers. I, uh, how many of you guys have gotten the classic Christmas tie on Christmas morning? My brother gave that to me. It was like the tie with uh, Santa Claus on it. I looked at it and I said, great, I'll certainly remember to forget about this next Christmas when it's appropriate. Great, great uh, gift. Uh, one of my uh, siblings gave me one year a faux fur coat for Christmas. And this person was hoping that I would wear this coat. And I said, if you want me to wear this coat around, I'm going to have to change professions. Like, right? I'm not, I don't know what it's going to look like for me to wear this coat, right? And so on Christmas, there are some gifts that are just a miss, right? But I want to say that if, no matter what gifts we get, if we experience Jesus, then no, no matter what, we have received the greatest gift. And no, no other loss of gifts is, is going to matter to us because we've received the one and only Jesus, the one that, that, uh, that God gave to us, Jesus Christ. And so Romans chapter 8 says this, He, meaning God, did not spare His own Son, but He gave Him up for us all. And since he did that, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Let me read that again. He who did not spare his, his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And I want to tell you, I have a confession to make. And that is that I actually kind of hate this verse. I hate this verse in a, in a way. And the reason is, is because I can feel the pain and the loss to God who is he is the goodest of all good fathers. He is the most loving of all loving fathers. He's the most invested and the most connected to his one and only son. And therefore, because of all that, he is also the most vulnerable of all fathers. And so as Paul writes that God gave up his son for us, I can feel the pain in that because I can imagine the pain that I would feel if I ever had to give up one of my kids to something like this. And so this verse, as I read it, it hurts me a little bit, but God gave up his son to suffer and to die so that all of us could experience a newness of life, not just an eternal new life, but newness of life right here on earth. Jesus came at a great cost. So Jesus came to earth, right? Um, and so, uh, or, or yeah, Jesus was given. Now I'm on to Jesus came. So secondly, Jesus came to earth. And I'll give you a couple of scriptures here. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says this. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Luke 19 says, for the son of man, that's Jesus, by the way, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And if you have ever felt confused about life, if you've ever felt like you're kind of lost, if you've, if you've ever felt like your life lacks meaning, if your life lacks hope, if it, if it isn't making sense to you, Jesus came to earth so that he could find you and he could gather you up and he could give your life meaning and purpose. My last scripture uh, that you can see up there comes from the birth story of Jesus, Luke chapter, or Matthew chapter one, it says this, look, look everyone, the virgin that's Mary, will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, what does it mean? Do you see it up there? 
God with us. Jesus came so that you and I would never have to face this hard world alone. He came so that we could have a loving and lifelong connection with God the Father. And he came so that you and I could experience eternal life and eternal connection with him. So Jesus came. And finally, number three, Jesus became. He became. And when I, when I say that Jesus became, I mean that he changed from what he eternally was to what he is now and what he will eternally be from this point on. Now listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, or 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says this. For you know, listen, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Let me read that again. For you know that the grace of our Lord, that uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. And if you trust in him, if we follow him, if we allow Jesus to lead us and to be Lord of our lives, we are rich in the Lord. We are rich in love. We are rich in blessing. We're rich in relationship and in grace and in forgiveness and joy. Because of the life of Jesus given to you. The book of Philippians says this. Christ was truly God. Christ was truly God. And yet he did not try to remain equal with God. Instead, he gave up everything and became a slave when he became like one of us. He was truly God. And he gave all of that up so that he could be one of us. He lowered himself to be with us. He became, he changed. He left being completely worshipped and completely self-sufficient in himself to become one of us so that he would experience loss and hunger and fatigue and betrayals and headaches and all of those things, all so that he could be with us. My kids are, uh, they're all grown up now, and my boys are actually taller than I am, thank God. That's a really good thing. And when I talk to my kids, I look them eye to eye. Um, but when my kids were four years old, I would get down, right, like every good parent, and so that I could see them eye to eye. And when my kids were crawling, I did what every good parent does, and you know what that is. I got down on my belly with them and I crawled with them and I got with them face to face so that they could see me so that we could connect so that we could experience each other. That's what we do as good parents. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Jesus went low so that he could connect with us so that he could be right where we are so that he could see us face to face. He got on his belly and he became human so that we could have this eternal connection with who he is with Jesus. And I want to ask you, are you seeing Jesus this morning? Are you seeing who he is? This is who Jesus is. He was given to us. He came to be with us and he became poor. He became one of us so that he could connect. And so what is the the lesson in all of uh, all of this? Well, the lesson, I think, is that God loves you more than you will ever know. And that Jesus will change your life if you will walk with him, if you will only walk with him. And so I want you to imagine yourself walking 
through this Christmas season over the next way, uh, over the next week in the same way that I walked through my neighborhood on that quiet night a week ago. And just like my experience in the neighborhood, um, as you walk through this season, there will be plenty of decorations and plenty of twinkling lights and pretty things on which for you to set your gaze. But somewhere in the midst of all of those beautiful things to see this Christmas somewhere, maybe right in the middle of it, there is Jesus and there is a nativity scene. There is the birth of Christ this Christmas. There is the one who is the son of God, the king of glory, the savior of the world. And I want to invite you to do what my neighbor did, to put a spotlight on Jesus over these next few days. But really, what I really want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to put a spotlight on Jesus for the rest of your life. Forever. Forever and ever. And um, we could look at this, this old guy that we find uh, uh, talked about in the very beginning of the Gospels. His name is Simeon. Molly talked about him uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Simeon was just this, 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 uh, this old man who had received a, a promise from God. At some point in Simeon's life, he, uh, he had felt like God told him, before you die, I will allow you to meet this newborn Christ, this newborn Jesus. And so so Simeon lived for that. He put his spotlight on Jesus. And so what he did is every day he went to the temple where the children were to be dedicated, I think on the eighth day of their life. uh, And he went to the temple, hopefully to meet this, this Messiah, this one Jesus, right? And so uh, I want us to look to Simeon as our example. It says this in Luke chapter two. But there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Who's the consolation of Israel? Jesus. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Simeon put his spotlight on Jesus, and because he did, he got to see Jesus in his newborn glory. And so here was Simeon's prayer of gratitude after he finally met Jesus. And pay attention, you guys, to what Simeon saw. So it says this, verse 29, he says this, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light of revelation to the gentiles that's you and I for the most part and the glory of your people Israel Simeon did not miss Jesus among the twinkling lights of the thousands of other babies that came through the temple to be dedicated as beautiful as they were. Instead, he put the spotlight on Jesus. And what did he see? Not just something pretty to look at or to enjoy. He saw the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace that was promised centuries earlier. And so Simeon said, my eyes have seen your salvation, a light of revelation and the glory of your people. And that is what I want you to see this Christmas. And so maybe over the next week or so you pre-plan some some time in your schedule to maybe just go over these scriptures that I shared with you this morning. Maybe you you spend some time being with your family, just exploring some of the old prophecies in the Old Testament that, 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 that talk about the birth of Jesus. You can look those up online. Maybe you, um, maybe you turn on, there's this new series out that you can find uh, on, uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime and it's on Peacock. It's called The Chosen. 
chosen, the chosen. And it is this incredible series that shows us sort of the picture uh, or, or the life of Jesus. I have been watching it and it is so blessed me. And so maybe instead of watching the Grinch who stole Christmas or bad mom's Christmas, maybe we turn on the chosen and we just try to experience Jesus in that way. Whatever it is that you do, I hope that you will carve out time to dwell with him, to put your spotlight on him, to be with him, to explore this person that has changed so many people's lives, who has changed my life. And so, once again, Simeon says this, my eyes have seen your salvation. It's a light of revelation in the glory of your people. That's what I want you to see this Christmas. And I want to take a moment to pray and to just invite Jesus to reveal himself. If you are um, new here, we um, we are a, a group of people that we kind of just believe what the what the scriptures tell us about God and about Jesus and, uh, Jesus and about how we can experience him. And so what we often do is we um, we talk about Jesus and, and we think about him, but then we we take some time to experience him. The, the Bible actually says that where two or more people are gathered together in his name, the Bible says I'm in the midst of them. I'm particularly present. And so um, we know that God is here with us right now, that Jesus is here with us. And I, I just want to invite you to do something really, really um, important and meaningful this Christmas season as we've kind of put the spotlight on him on Jesus. And that is that Jesus, um, everywhere he went, he invited people to follow. He invited people to follow and they, he didn't ask them to, to, to know everything, to believe everything, to do everything. He just said, would you follow me? Would you put your trust in me? Would you explore me and, and discover who I am? And so, um, before we go into worship, we're going to just invite, uh, Jesus to, touch our heart and if you um if you're a person that is that that is kind of felt far from him if you're a person that doesn't know him very well but but something in your heart is getting touched by him and you want to know more i would encourage you to just kind of just close your eyes or just invite jesus to come into your heart to, 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 you might just say, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to follow you with my life. I want my life to be different. If you have abundant life, I want abundant life. I need that. Would, could I know you more? And so I'm just going to pray over you guys. And again, I would just encourage you, let's all pray together. And, and, and again, if you're uh, new, just this is just something that we do. It's just our interaction with God. But I'm going to pray over us. And I hope that you'll um, just agree with me in this. So Lord Jesus, I thank you so, so much. I thank you for being who you are. I thank you, Jesus, that you were given by the Father because the Father loves us so much. I thank you, Jesus, that that you came to earth, that you humbled yourself, that you got down on your belly to crawl around with us on earth so that we could know you. I thank you that you have an abundant life for us, that you have um, purposes for us, great purposes for us, that you have healing for us, you have freedom for us, you have hope for us. 
And so I just want to um, I just want to invite you if you want hope. If you want help, if you want newness of life, if you want to know um, this Jesus, all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is say, Jesus, would you come into my heart? So I'll give you an opportunity to do that right now quietly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for providing so wonderfully and so richly and so abundantly for us. We are so blessed by you.